1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. You're listening to Pop! The History Makers with me, Steve Blame. In the second part of the interview with Anne Clark, we continue our conversation about her life and music. Make sure you've already listened to part one. You mentioned just a moment ago about societal problems today um, based on, well, based on money, I would say, is what you're, you're talking about as well. But in the 70s and 80s, for me, there was rampant homophobia, sexism, racism, misogyny, I mean, you name it, it was shit, you know, absolutely awful, and if you weren't part of that group that were in this, you were really uh, uh, an outsider, and you really felt different, but, and then I think you've got to the core of it, that Uh, punk a new wave came along and it provided a hook to be involved in if you weren't part of this other bigger group around you Uh, that's the feeling that I had do you think that's part of it and actually part of creativity is sometimes in the worst of situations the best of creativity exists I
2: think I think that we that we Repeated over and over again, and not just on a societal level or political level, but in people's own emotional level too. I mean, it's a real cliche, but the tormented artist, you know, I mean, really, who, who has produced the most incredible artworks? I think very often the most damaged and disturbed people. It's not always true, but I mean, there's always an element of either melancholy or or something there that's that's not quite right, that has to be put right through creativity or attempted to be put right through creativity, I think.
1: I mean, during that era, I mean, as a gay man who came out in 1977, you know, when being, I'm gonna call it gay because at that point it was called gay, LGBTQ plus or whatever, and being uh, in that part of society, you, were, you weren't even, a human being, really. I mean, it was terrible yeah. in the 70s. In the 80s, it got a little better, but you were still, well, then you, had you know, I was abused days. in the street. I was beaten up by police at one point. And to have that uh, happen to you, I I wonder if my experience was the experience of every woman in that era. Cool.
2: How, how do you mean exactly? Because, I mean, well, you're talking about very direct, violence
1: Sarah and no yeah okay that's slightly different but I think in in terms of well misogyny was so big I mean it was so rampant I mean if you look at if you look at the the police forces in the 70s you know it's really well documented now about how misogynistic they were society is misogynistic you know I never talk about never mind then it is today also misogynistic but back then the level of misogyny was so massive, so high. And I know that, you know, like a song Wally's really, you know, gives a sort of hint to that. Um, But I just wondered what it was like, not only being an outsider in that period and being part of the punk movement and uh, later on the new wave movement, but being part of those movements, but also being a woman and whether you look back and go, Christ, did I really put up with that?
2: Well, yes. Yeah, but but again, at the time, again, you just think this is normal. Like going into the recording studio, you know, with the engineers and them looking with at you with such contempt that you that you would even want to consider sitting by the mixing desk. You know, they, go go and put the kettle on. You know, go, and it's just like, oh yeah, right. You know, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, that's. And it's not till obviously time and things evolve that you think, my God. But at the time, it's just, oh yeah. You know, I'm the only only girl here, I have to go make the tea, or have to, you know, and it, it's just like, wow, <laughs> you know, so yes, yeah, but,
1: I mean, it, it takes, it takes power to go through those situations, and, and come out of them in the right way,
2: yeah, well, that's, because it. it's so easy
1: to say, okay, I'll do that,
2: yeah, but yeah, even when, you know, I'd, I'd go and make the tea, but then I'd come back and make damn sure, that I want, I got what I wanted from the recording session, however much of a double fight it was, you know, to do it. Um, yeah. It, but yeah, it's not until you actually sit back and think about it that you realize, my God, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Was, was in the recording studio, was that a fight from the start until you found, in a sense, found your feet and found your power?
2: Yes, but again it wasn't conscious. You know, it was just like right, this is the process. I've got these 10 songs or whatever. I want to record them. I want to make an album. I've got a fight with my fellow musician. I've got a fight with the engineer. I've got a fight with the record company. But that's just part of the process. You know. I've got a fight when I go home and see my parents. I've got a fight when I see my brother. So there wasn't anything exceptional or unusual and it's only from getting other perspectives and and distance that you really really see it
1: i mean i listened to the sitting room this morning and i loved the images it painted and and for me it didn't feel of a different era it just felt like oh. a, a a wonderful uh piece of art and I just wondered when I, when I, when I listened to it, cause it, I, I sort of, you know, as I said before, you do have the feeling that you're going into a different world when you're, when you're listening to um, what you make, you know, your poetry and music together. And for me, I just wondered at the end of it, when I was listening to it, I wondered, I wondered if that alleviated by actually creating that, you had the feeling that it alleviated some of the problems um, that you had gone through in your life. Because as a, as a writer, when I write, it, there is something very powerful about, instead of holding on to the pain, but bringing that pain, it's not always pain, but bringing that pain into your work is, is, is an incredible thing. Because in some way, it gives you an understanding, a distance, it alleviates it slightly, and you move on from it. And I wondered, because you were so young at that stage, whether that's something that you really experienced or whether it's something that you look, later looked back on and said that that worked.
2: Yeah, so much is in retrospect, you know, really, that the, it was so cath- cathartic and, and, but at the time, yeah, I wouldn't have acknowledged that. You know, I wouldn't have said that. Um, it was for me about personally being able to gather up ideas and formulate them, put them together and release them, yeah, there was always um, it was always done on a shoestring you know, and always done very quickly and like I say, with these the, the engineers like, what's this weird shit, you know, and all this stuff, so there was always quite a lot of pressure, but I just accepted it as normal, but yes there was definitely a healing process with that, and and in the, the formulating of it not just the actual recording and releasing but the gathering sounds and writing and Collaborating with with the musicians, you know, it was the whole process. I mean, do you work with music as well?
1: No, just um, just words. So just writing. Okay. But the thing is, when you write a screenplay, I mean, yeah. I haven't had any success, but I'm on the on the verge. I hope, but I'm getting there. And it's not about having the success; it's about doing it. It really doing. is. Yeah. Although I want the success as well <laughs> you
2: know. financially,
1: yeah. uh, but um, you are painting pictures when you're writing a screenplay. Yes you know yeah. and so that's how i can associate with what you're doing with poetry um, and music together because it is creating a whole world and with a screenplay you're also creating a world you have yes. to create the world in which your screenplay takes place so i think there is a sort of similarity with that so i sort of get that totally
2: yeah
1: um what's going to ask yeah david harrow was someone that you worked with then after the sitting room and what attracted you to him as an artist? Because it seems an odd thing to sort of what I read is you bumped into him and it was like, yeah, let's do something together, but not really. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, that was, again, the very punky new wave thing. Oh, let's just do something, you know? But the thing is, he was a very um, confident, very (laughs) self-assured young man. And he just came up to me and he said, get rid of these wankers. You know, I can do much better than that. And it was like, whoa, okay. And um, we had a very um, difficult relationship and have an even more difficult relationship now, but it was very difficult and very conflicting, which maybe I was attracted to for some weird reason. I don't know, but it was also very creative. And again, that's this weird thing of creativity. I mean, we could barely stand being in the room together, but when we were, something would happen for these few numbers, these very successful numbers, which I'm, eternally grateful for and I'm completely out of our control it was just something that happened and then we had absolutely nothing in common at all you know absolutely no way of commit well I had no way of communicating with him for sure um
1: I mean you created Sleeper of Metropolis you created our darkness yeah you created those um pieces which uh, in a sense epitomized that era and became, you know, some of the sort of stalwarts of that era. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. But you didn't make money, did you?
2: No, no, not the money we should have, absolutely not. And again, that was naivety and yeah, that that, that was the, or is is still the nature of the music industry. You know, they just make it very clear to you that they're going to rip you off and if you don't like it or if you're not smart enough where you don't have a great legal backing behind you they're going to rip you off and they did they, they ripped us both off and um, i really fought to get some of the money that we wrote i don't know how it went with david i asked him to cooperate with me on it because obviously the pair of us doing it together would have been a lot better but he wasn't willing to for whatever reason he moved to the states and had his life out there um but no, we were owed hundreds of thousands of pounds. I think, to be honest, but we never saw it. No. I mean, I one of the
1: really bad sides of the music industry, and and um, I talked to someone about this the other day. It was Sam Brown, who is really a jazz singer, and because yeah. she had a pop hit, they wanted her to immediately have called stop. They wanted yeah. her to have her immediately have another pop hit called yeah. know, Go or whatever. Just you know, do the same yeah. thing basically, and um, that's when she suddenly grew up. Yeah, And realise this isn't really what I want in my life and not what I want to have. How difficult, though, was that for you? Because you'd really, by that stage, you had three albums, I think. You'd also had enormous um, success. And in a way, you should have been able to determine your own career. But I presume they were saying to you, right, we want another dark- darkness. We want, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, it went, into, it went into huge conflict, you know, enormous conflict. I mean, I remember going up to Virgin, the Virgin offices at one point, just to ask for a small advance to do a remix with David for, I think it was Our Darkness or Sleeper in Metropolis, and we needed something like I don't know, two, three, four thousand pounds because yeah, the studios were so expensive then, and and it was like. <sighs> You know, oh, don't think. and then as I'm sitting there, you know, I got to know a couple of the girls and guys working there. This young woman walks in and pushes in front of everyone and goes to see someone. And they um, say, oh yeah, yeah, that's so-and-so's uh, woman. He's having, she's just had a 350,000 pound advance to make an album, <laughs> you know, this, this babe who, who nobody ever heard of again, but was just the right person for them at the right moment was given this money. Which never saw as far as I know the the light of day, and yeah, we had to fight and kick and scream to get 2000, two thousand two three thousand pounds to to do a remix of a of a track that had already been a hit around around the world, you know, so um yeah and and just this sense of injustice, I couldn't accept this sense of injustice that yeah, they take their cut, but we want our cut, it's just fair, you know and and so many musicians that I know and have known just don't want to get into the conflict of it you know that just don't want to enter into the whole legal thing one because it can break you financially which it did nearly with me do that and um yeah secondly it's just not in their nature I think to enter into these hugely conflictual situations but maybe again from my great Irish genes of my my mum or or whatever I just thought there's no way I'm I'm gonna accept this, you know, and I, I took it really to the high court and everything about about it. Um, but yeah, in the end, they still, as we see now, they've still got so much power and control. You know, they they absorb every cultural movement that comes along and um, make it theirs. You know? So.
1: I mean, I think we've seen it over the years many times, but it's not only breaking people um, financially, it's breaking them uh, creatively.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because that stress going yeah. through that process, I mean, you know, that takes you away from what you're here and meant to do yeah. and your creativity. So that, I think, is one of the Well, that's it.
2: The two, the two are in complete conflict, but it seems they have to work together. You know, the 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 creative side is completely the complete opposite of the money making machine that is the, the music industry and unfortunately they always seem to come have to come back together in some way
1: you're listening to pop the history makers with me steve blame how did you come back to yourself? Because I know then, um, I think his name was Charlie Morgan, was a, 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 he was a, um, a boyfriend of a friend of yours, I think. Yeah. And that's how yeah. you met him. And yeah. he was also a musician, but you had never wanted, or never thought, sorry, that's the wrong word, you'd never thought about working together. And then you went off to Norway. Um, how did you bring... Um, your creativity back to yourself after that experience?
2: Yeah, it was very, very, very hard. Um, I mean, I was completely broken by it emotionally and financially and in every way possible. I was completely destroyed by it. And I had the good fortune to be able to go and live in Norway for a period of time, which is somewhere so different from anywhere I'd ever been or, or known And it just came back again to the the fundamentals, the basics of life. I mean, however comfortable and wealthy the people are out there in Norway, you know, which they are, they live very much in the natural, with the nature, with the seasons, with light, with dark, with heat, with cold. And it was just this. what really matters and and what really mattered was sitting around a table or in the kitchen with friends, making food together, cooking together, eating together, yeah, lighting candles at three o'clock in the afternoon because it's so dark and just talking and and meeting musicians whose musicianship was beyond anything I'd ever witnessed before, who would just sit around in, in the lounge and play And it was just like, that's what it's about. You know, that's what it's about, that creativity, that connection. And um, so we started working together. And slowly, yeah, slowly I found my way back to to put in material together. But, of course, it's gone through a few cycles of this, circles of this experience, which I never seem to learn from. Because I'm too, I I believe people when they say we're going to help with your career and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. I think, oh yeah, they must mean that. But of course they don't. They mean they're going to make money for themselves. Mm.
1: So how I, I mean you it. just m- mentioned that you've that's happened a number of times because you have taken periods off, yeah. um, long periods off, where you've obviously had to sort of find yourself and find your or let's say sort of tank up again, you know, with creativity, yeah. be able to um to, to make something for yourself, so how do you get to a point um, where it where it goes? I mean, that is that for me is a, is is a, I mean, a, obviously as a writer you have writer's block, you know, and you have periods yeah. where. Nothing mm. comes and you can't force it, you know, you try and force it and it doesn't yeah. work. But yeah. there are and there are other periods where it's just like, oh my god, I'm on a roll and it's just this is fantastic, and I'm loving it every minute of it. Um, but years is, is for me at the moment, seems to be an awful long time to to step out and and be able to sort of re-engage if it's with nature like in Norway, or re-engage with other creativity to be- maybe help your own creativity. So how, how does it empty out of you?
2: Huh. huh I don't know, Stephen. I can't can't answer that. I mean, I live, I, I, and I think it comes back to your questions at the beginning of the interview about how how I feel and how I've changed and thing. I mean, I live with this incredible, unbearable intensity a lot of the time. Just this over- sensitivity to everything the golden leaves on the tree now you know they just fill my heart till it wants to burst or when I was in in the hospital and I was really really sick and in the morning they opened the window of the hospital and the blackbird was singing outside the window every morning and it it just lifted me to I can't explain you know I just and that goes the other way when things bad happen I just go down into this complete desolation um and yeah have to pull myself back out of it again and really reassess- when you pull yourself you.
1: out is it almost taking the desolation but putting it then <laughs> into your work do you know what I mean i um, because not all your work has that this darkness um but a lot of it has this sort of atmospheric um yeah, I I don't know what the real word I'm searching for is, no, it does have that sort of element in it. And yeah. that's why I really love it, though. <laughs> so I sort of appreciate maybe that when you have those dark times, it's almost the time, maybe that is the time where something's just about to come.
2: Well, that's it. Uh, I mean, that's what we were saying a little while ago, that often it's from these darkest, bleakest periods, in people's lives and in society, that the most creative things happen. It's, it's magical, really. It's really something yeah, inexplicable. You can't, you can't define why and how it happens, I think.
1: There's a certain um, honesty that you need to have to be able to do what you do. And you've referenced it before with, um, uh, how do you be honest to yourself? and so on, you know, like you've, you've, you've been there with 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 your words and other people's words. Um, But this honesty um, can be dangerous, because if everyone has access to everything about you, how do you protect yourself? Are you honest about everything about you? Or do you keep some things to yourself that protect yourself?
2: Yes, probably. I think we all do. I, I think everybody does. But but saying that, Steven, it's interesting that now with the with the age of social media that we're in, is that and, and especially when for example when you talk to young people about the word privacy, you know, you just see this blank on their face. You you say like, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't give that information. Well, why not? And then you I stop and I think, Yeah, why not? That's true. That's how it is now, you know, that with social media and things, whether it's true or not, you know, I mean, it seems everybody's living the perfect life on Facebook and Instagram and, and everything. I'm not quite sure they are, but so many of us have just uh, just um, lost our inhibitions. And whether that's negative or, or positive, just come out with whatever, you know, whatever they want, whatever they're feeling, whatever they want to say. Um, whether it's being honest or not, I don't know. I don't know if it is. Um, I'm sure there's many things I keep not secret but don't talk about or have the need to talk about um but I don't understand how people can uh, live together I don't know how society works unless you're 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 honest with each other in a way if that makes sense Yeah know. I mean as
1: I mentioned at the beginning I live in Germany I've now got yeah. my Dual nationality because of Brexit. Yes, uh, yeah. and I've been here twenty-seven years. I've always considered myself a European. In any case, yes. and one thing I love living in Germany, and I think it refers to most countries in Europe, if 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 except Britain, um, and that is that there is no distinction between art. Art is art. So, um, popular music is still seen as an art form. Yes. Um, and in Britain, it's seen as something a little bit lower. Um, so what interests me is that because you use words and you are best known today with people who are hearing those words in a second language. Yes. Um, and I wondered why that is. And maybe it's because they're having to concentrate more and actually take interest in them. Do you see what I mean? It's that yes. if you hear a piece of music or you hear um, a poem that you don't understand instantly, you've got yes. to go and look at it and you've got to go Absolutely. and study it. Is there yes. part of that in yeah. it? And, and how do you feel about how art is treated in Britain to how it is in Europe?
2: I don't understand how anything's treated in Britain. Don't ask me anything about it. Um, I, I too got my... Irish passport now that I travel with as you know a a passionate European and I am completely bewildered about not so much the British mentality but the English mentality you know I think in Wales and uh, sorry in Scotland and maybe I don't know I think it's a a bit different mentality so I can't answer anything about the English I'm just um furious about what they've done to a country that I love. And I don't mean that in a nationalistic or patriotic way, but I mean in the terroir, the earth, the nature of Britain is so, is so beautiful. <clears throat> and I, I love it so much and I'm attached to it. Um, but emotionally and politically and socially, I'm completely estranged from it. So <clears throat> it's fun. Well, I have to get a drink, Stephen. Sorry. I'm, I'm, okay. Can you just excuse me one second? what want me to grab a glass of water. <clears throat> a bottle of water, as it is here. Yeah.
1: I've only got one final question in any case, because, um, okay. I mean, I know that Brexit isn't going to save anyone and won't save anyone, and it's probably ruined a lot of people. Um, yeah. um, um, but that's you know, that's gone, that's over. And uh, we, we all have to deal with it in some way. Um, but art is going to be here to stay. And art is something that is incredibly important in the lives of everyone, whether they realise it or not. It is around them. It is yeah. everything we see and touch and feel and hear and everything. And it is something that accompanies our whole lives. And it's something that is in our lives. But is it something that can save humanity?
2: That's a hell of a question. <laughs> Art, it can save me, and I, and it can save many people I know. I don't know whether it can save humanity. I don't know. I think it's um, a secondary thing to what maybe Greta Thunberg can save humanity. Maybe Boris Johnson can destroy humanity, or Donald Trump, or Bolsonaro, or whoever. Or maybe we will just destroy ourselves. I mean ha, save humanity. I think we're on a slow, long, slow course to annihilation, to be honest, to be got rid of, because we are very bad. We are a very bad species, I think. And um, I think slowly things are happening. that you know, the, the earth doesn't need us, the planet doesn't need us. So, I don't even know if we're worth saving. Are we worth saving? Do we need oh, to? Save? I agree with
1: you on the on, to the extent that maybe we are a very bad species, but there are yeah. good specimens. among bad ex- species, not. and they're, I they're just
2: not, not appreciate
1: the fact that you have created so much wonderful art over your life. Um, and I have to say, just finally during COVID, your music was one of the things that saved. Me and uh, two friends of mine, uh, a couple who have three children, who were my bubble during COVID. And we spent many hours um, dancing and uh, (laughs) around the kitchen table in their flat to your music. So, Anne Clark, (laughs) thank you so much. Thanks for the interview. And I'd love to come back to you one day and talk about your later work because we concentrated so much on your early life. I'd love that. uh, Maybe I can come back and do that at another time. Thank and you. I'd
2: love to discover your work too, definitely.
1: Oh, I'd send you some. I'll send you a script. Please. There you go.
2: Fantastic. I'd love Perfect.
1: that. And I sent Anne my script for her to read and she responded overnight with some very kind and flattering comments. I have to say the pleasure was all mine. That hour of interview spread over two parts just flew past And Anne has kindly agreed to talk again to bring us completely up to date with her work. Now, don't forget to rate the podcast and spread the word. And if you want to hear my Spotify playlist with Anne Clark's music, then follow the link here or on my Instagram page and you'll find it there. Also, have a listen to the other artists I've already interviewed. See you next time.